taste of dragon's gaming podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Taste of dragon's gaming podcast. A podcast for everyone's day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you Wind Wakers listen to. This week, the Hearthstone Keeper rocketed forcefully into the Skyrim. The news should have worked from home. Our topic is also, once again, convoluted. And our dragon this week has 343 problems, but a Master Chief ain't one. Corporate Vice President at Xbox Game Studios, Bonnie Ross. And as always, I'm playing second fiddle to a much bigger band, Brian. And I'm just a beefy wood elf who never misses leg day. Never. My name is Troy. I never seem to have enough carrot seeds, and I'm Manda. If your younger brother or sister was crying this week after playing Rocket League, he was probably getting trash-talked by me. My name's Hassel. <laughs> and I definitely don't have enough Skylanders. My name is Joe. Hey, hey, everyone. Once again, Lewis is not here this week. He is finishing up his uh, his student project. So we got Hassel, which is, you know, always great. Yeah. <laughs> we miss you, but we love Hassel as well. Yeah. I'm the Lewis understudy. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like it. Mm-hmm. How was your guys' week this week? Anything uh, interesting happen? Mm. I know for me it really didn't. No. Because, you know, we're still under quarantine. <laughs> I had an interesting week. I oh, learned today that I've had my Wii U plugged in for like five years. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> today is that day. I literally, I've had the pad for the Wii U sitting next to me for, for years and years and years now. And I was like, man, you know, I really got to find the base for that thing. I, I really want to play Wind Waker. And as I'm looking around, I'm like, yeah, you know, and then we're sitting here watching a movie and I look underneath the PS4 and the Wii U's light is red. It's sitting underneath the PS4. Just it's just there, just hanging out, cooking. like we used to. <laughs> Wait, still so, plugged in. So your Wii U has been plugged in for a straight five years. Five years. Yep. So when you plug it out, does it have like like five minutes of battery life before uh, it just <laughs> disintegrates and you have to plug it back oh, in? Oh no no, I mean the base and the key the gamepad. The gamepad was was separated from everything. That's what was the gamepad was sitting next to me. The oh. base itself, like the Wii console. That's been plugged in for like five years and has not been turned on. Also, I've had it plugged into the back of the TV, taking up a, a very important HDMI port that could have been used on like eight other things. But I chose this to stay there, apparently. It's been on life support this whole time. Yeah. You go to like turn it on, it just like wheezes at you. I was so happy. I turned it on. I was losing my mind, guys. I was so excited. It, it's kind of bittersweet because at one point that we used probably like, finally, someone's playing a game. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, no, she noticed <laughs> it's only a matter of time she's also playing a gamecube game on me great <laughs> what am i i could imagine just a whole bunch of like workers inside of the wii just taking the longest rest break ever they haven't done anything in five years and then somebody notices and they're like oh my god we're back from break everybody go 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 round up everybody <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Let's get into our games this week, though. What are you playing? And uh, this week, Hassel, would you like to start us off? I definitely can. Guys, you know, much like Troy two weeks ago when he spoke about Overwatch and that being his kind of like uh, go to like his comfort zone and going back to it, I went to my comfort zone this week. I decided to boot up some Rocket League. Hell yeah. And boy, has nothing changed. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good thing uh, 
No, it's a great thing. Um, I don't think anything really needs to change about Rocket League. I mean, if you think about it, like the premise is there. It's they nailed super it from the start. Play. For anyone who hasn't played Rocket League, that's the pushy car soccer. The pushy car soccer, yeah. You get a uh, car, put a rocket on it, and then drop a soccer ball in the middle of a field and go. Boom. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that is really it. Like the developers probably spend maybe like two minutes <laughs> going, what is this game? <laughs> You know what? Yeah, Rocket Car Soccer. Um, that yeah, game was so developed when league when weed got legalized in California. Like that night, wow. that game was developed. Absolutely, yeah. No, but Rocket League is a lot of fun. You know, um, Troy and our good friend from the podcast uh, Prince Baby Boy showed it to me on the, during one of my trips to South Florida, and um, I don't think I've stopped since. Like the longest I probably go without playing it is maybe about a month, month and a half. Wow. And then I get back on and I'm like, okay, I'm going to suck for the first couple of games, but then I'm going to get into <laughs> rhythm, you know? And then it's all it's all good until like, you know, some 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 dude just goes, hey, Rex, go back into the training lobby. And I'm like, oh, man. Aww. Oh, damn. Like, you could have called me anything, like any bad word. But like that one hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like now oh, I have to go deep. back into the training lobby. The Aww. first oh, cut oof. is the deepest. It really is, <laughs> but it is it is very much my 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 comfort zone. Like if I don't have a game to play, or if I'm in between games, or if I just you know don't really want to play anything that's on my PS5, I'll boot up Rocket League, and I and I'll just go for hours. And I don't know I don't know what to say, man. Like it's it's probably my favorite game for the past like five years running. That's awesome. And that's awesome. if I was better, I would love to like esports it up, but. I get to some of those peoples and some of those levels and like platinum and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, what <laughs> am crazy. I into right now? Rocket League yeah. at its highest level feels like I'm watching a Cirque show. Oh, yeah. Acrobatics. It <laughs> oh, it's it's crazy because I love watching Rocket League, professional Rocket League. I love watching, you know, all that stuff. I follow a whole bunch of the different channels. And like you see like the Rocket League trophy, the trophy itself is two two rocket cars going up battling for a ball. Mm-hmm. And like when I first saw that trophy, when I was first starting to watch, I was like, that doesn't happen. No, that happens like five times every single game at least. That absolutely like, happens. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Like I it, and my brain cannot comprehend how to do like those barrel rolls and stuff like that that people do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like they're playing mo- like pushing multiple buttons as like the mm-hmm. car is like flying in the air. I cannot understand that. I, I, I keep my yeah. game pretty grounded. Uh, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you're yeah. saying that they made soccer interesting? <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> damn! <laughs> Boom! You're coming to our Whoa. sports ball guy with that. <laughs> Whoa! Damn, Mandy. <laughs> it's because it's only five minutes long. That's why. It's exactly. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's great in like, sh- short. Which period. one? Which one would you rather watch? Right, five minutes or ninety minutes? I would do both. She's right, Manda. <laughs> thank you very much. I would watch both. But yeah, that's Rocket League. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, cool. So thank you, Hussel. And then next, what about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I got back into Skylanders, and I forgot how much I loved it. And I'm really, really, really happy we happened to stumble into that bag of Skylanders while we were cleaning up downstairs. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> in, case you, in case you don't know what Skylanders is, it is a uh, 3D platforming game where you basically buy little figures and you get to use them in the game. And there's a h- hundred easily different figures to play with. And they all At have least. different abilities, and they have cute little names, and... 
as with all things, I tend to gravitate to the very stupid looking cute ones that aren't really great, but they're so cute. So I, I found my Series 2 and Series 3 Trigger Happy, and I found Series 2 and Series 3 Terrafin. Those are my favorite uh, ones to play with. And then we found a bunch of Brian's ones, and they're cool, and they're like got swords and hammers and stuff, and they light up, and they're really awesome. Wow. And they like do a lot more damage than my goofy little guys do. <laughs> but they're not as cute. They're really not as cute. No, they're not. So I'm mean, like, end game, I'm walking around as a shark that goes dun, 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 dun. <laughs> or a little guy that's like, hoo, 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 hee, the whole time. Gremlin with two guns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I play with an adorable, big-eyed, long-tongued gremlin. He's so cute. When, 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 you, when you bring them to life, when you do the toys to life thing with them, is it better to have the cute ones or do you want the ferocious ones? Like, who's getting you the most profit? Are you, well, I want the cute ones. Yeah. Oh man, the ferocious ones are getting put down. Like really? someone's gonna see that. If they, okay, so so if we're talking like Pokemon, like you know Detective Pikachu level, where like oh they hang out with you and they walk around with you. Nah, dude, I'm taking those cute ones everywhere. They can get confused for dogs and stuff, man. They're really mm. adorable. Just put like a little bonnet on them, throw them in a baby basket or something. Nobody's gonna know. But you walk around with one of Brian's. It's like a giant with a huge freaking hammer and it glows green and it's like crash, crash, crash. <laughs> I mean, like no one's gonna let that thing walk anywhere with you. They're gonna be like, oh no, it's a giant rock monster. Let's call Godzilla and kill it. You know, like it's not, it's not gonna work. Damn. So it's, it's <laughs> Skylander uh, world. Like you need an open carry permit for those kind of Skylanders. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's correct. You need it. You need to definitely go through a lot of classes. You have like a thousand hours in Skylander, uh, you know, volunteer work, so that you can, you know, have your own Skylander. I think that's the, that's important. The that's NSA, the National Skylander Association, got to watch out for the NSA yes. lobby. Uh, I do have a question um, because I'm not very familiar with Skylanders. Uh, which one came first? Was was it Skylanders or was it the Amiibo thing that Nintendo was doing? Skylanders. Skylanders came first, and technically, the people who made the Skylanders, uh, Nintendo stole their bit. Yeah. Because oh, they pitched it to Nintendo angels. first. Yeah. Uh, I, I've done two dragons on Skylanders. By accident. Uh, by accident. Um, about four weeks, four or five weeks ago, and then three weeks ago, something like that, or maybe longer. Yeah, I did that, and yeah, I explained about how they actually went to Nintendo first, and Nintendo turned them down, and then Nintendo stole it later. But <laughs> Amazing. yeah, Skylanders absolutely came first. Yeah, it's it's a great game if you want to just have fun. It, and it's it is uh, partially uh, purchase locked, though, because if you don't have specific types of Skylanders, like think Avatar, uh, you know, you have to have four different elements. There's like eight different elements in the game and every game they added like another two or three elements. We're playing, I think, the third or the fourth game in the series. So there's like nine or ten elements that you should have for each. And you need one of each of those to get into all the different areas. And the game itself, when you buy it, only has two or three of the things with it. So if we didn't already have a pile of them, it, it, I mean, it's a very expensive game. It is. It very <laughs> you, much you is. Got, you got it. It's, it's money locked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear more about Brian's Dragon of the Week with Skylander, check out episode 34 of season two. It's a good one. Thank you. It's a good one. Thank you. So, yeah, it was. It was, if you wanna, it was a lot of fun. If you want to laugh at us playing Skylanders some more, I think I'll be doing that on Saturday nights for a while. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> nice. Well, we, we, got, we got our collection. We got to use them, Joe. We got to use them. <laughs> All right, got cool. So that was Skylanders Swap Force, which is the third one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go next. Uh, the game I played this week is Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Uh, I've talked about this before, but I wanted to talk about this week because I actually have a story to go with it. So I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone Battlegrounds. What that is, is it's the game Hearthstone that Blizzard has put out. It's uh, their collectible card game, but this is their Battlegrounds. So it's their auto battler one where everybody's on an equal playing field, which is great. You don't have to buy anything for it. So that's why I play it. So I've been playing a lot. I've been playing at least a couple of matches every single night. 
and I've gotten pretty highly ranked on it. I'm, I'm getting up there now in, in the rankings. And so I watch a bunch of different streamers for it. And so one of them I was watching, uh, he normally averages between like eight and 10,000 viewers at a time. So I'm watching him. I click my, you know, play button thing. And as it's going through, I look over at his ranking. I'm like, huh, I'm actually kind of close to him in ranking. And then he hits his play button. And I was like, huh, I don't think this is going to happen. There's way too many people playing right now. But it'd be really funny if I was in the same game as him. And then my thing stops. Uh, You know, I found a game. His thing stops like three or four seconds later because there's a delay. And I was like, okay. So then like I go and I click. uh, You you have a selection of heroes that you can choose from. And so I selected my hero. And uh, I look over at him. He selected his. You only have a certain amount of time to select the heroes. So when there's only 20 seconds left, it gives you a countdown timer on the top Mm -hmm. and how many players still haven't selected it. So it starts counting down from 20, and I'm at like six of eight players. And I look over at him three seconds later. It starts counting down from 20, six to eight players. I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm in his game. <laughs> oh, damn. So it counts down, and then mine goes like at, at exactly like 16 seconds. It goes seven of eight players. I look over at him, 16 seconds, seven of eight players. And then it comes up, and I see him. And I'm like, oh, no, <gasps> I'm in his game. <laughs> You're on air, Brian. But, but You're you could- on air. It's 8,000 people, you said? But. Yeah, I think at that point it's 9,000 people, yeah. Oh, you can see what his was cards. That? But you can see his cards. Yeah, that was the thing. So I tried, so I actually went over into his chat and I was like, I was like, uh, damn, I'm in your game. I gotta go because I didn't want to stream snipe him. Right. That's, yeah. You know, that's actually a thing. So I had a couple of people right before I, w- I clicked off was like sniper. You know, they were they were joking, but <laughs> they were yeah. like, oh, who are you? And I clicked off before I, I answered any of them. Uh, so I clicked off of his stream and I was playing. And as I was playing the game. Um, I was doing really well, and he was doing really well, and we were the last two players uh, yes! left. Um, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, so uh, he ended up winning because he like crazily high rolled. Like there was nothing I could have done to to beat him, but it was it was a lot of fun. I went back into his lobby afterwards, and I was like, "Hey, you know, good game. You know, you crazy high rolled." And, and yeah, so were that you was able to watch story the bot to see what everyone was saying while you were playing? Oh, I could have, but I, I didn't though. Like I don't I don't know if I can take that pressure. I'll walk. <laughs> I don't know you. if I don't worry. Just tell me when and where. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Like, what if you just drop the Taste of Dragons like Twitch stream like link into oh, his chat? You know, yeah, because people love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Be like, oh man, I'm in your game. I'm gonna have to leave, but check these guys out in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was it was one of those as it was happening. I think I even said to Joe, I was like, Joe, I think I'm in a game with the you know because as it was counting down, I was like, oh no, I think I'm doing it. And yeah, it was, <laughs> but yeah, That's it was a lot of fun. I, it was. I'm really glad I didn't like go out first. You know, I was. Uh, I stuck in, I, you know, I held in there. And it was just me and him at the end. It was a lot of fun. Just not the worst. Just so, yeah, not the worst. Was, just not the worst. Fun. Just not, yeah, exactly. As long as I'm not the worst, it's fine. <laughs> well, make sure to let him know that he can come to our stream every Wednesday yeah, if he wants to play with us. Totally. It's only fair. Yeah, You're absolutely. on his stream. They should come on our yeah. stream. <laughs> Friend zone, Wednesday yeah. nights, 830. Twitch, yeah. let's Wednesday do it. Wednesday night's done. Eastern done. Standard Time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> come over to Friendzone and let us know which Hearthstone character you would co-sign an apartment with. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my game, Hearthstone Battlegrounds. And then what about you, Amanda? What did you play this week? This week I played Graveyard Keeper, uh, which is a suggestion from one of our Twitch family. Um, I really enjoy farming sims, and they said that this was a, like a farming sim. And you know what? 
it kind of is. But instead of you being left farm by your your poor dead grandpa, you are uh you 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 die and then in the afterlife they're like, "Hey, you're going to be our afterlife gravekeeper," which doesn't make any sense. So but, you are the grandpa <laughs> in this scenario that yeah, dies yeah, at you the are beginning. Both the grandpa and the farmer. Grandpa farmer. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to explain because it, it's kind of kooky, but it, it, in a really fun way. It has like the basic farming mechanics. You can have a farm in the game. You can, you know, plant carrots and harvest carrots. But I think to be more accurate, it's probably more of a crafting game because you can make mm, uh, yeah. different materials and use those to improve your graveyard. And eventually you unlock a church. And then it's kind of a commentary on religion because you unlock the church and then you try to give better sermons to get more money to improve your church. Um, and you can like use your sermons to influence people to do things that you want them to do, uh, which is funny. And uh, generally, yeah, generally the game is got a really nice art style. Um, it's kind of macabre, but really cute. Yeah. My favorite part of the game is something that I've never played in a farming sim is the, the clock. Usually when you play a farming simulation game and it gets to like midnight, you either pass out, your screen goes black and you're automatically back at home, Mm -hmm. um, and then the day resets. This one isn't like that at all. So if I wake up at two in the afternoon, I can stay up till six in the morning and then go back to bed. The clock is still tracking what time it is, but I am not beholden to a universal law that says I have to be home by my bedtime, Mm -hmm. which is rather nice. Yeah, freeing. It sounds like it is freeing. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the mechanic that's really interesting to me in there. Um, I don't know if you got into it yet, but you can uh, actually take apart cadavers and harvest their organs. Yeah, and you can like, what? and you can use that to research new things. And it's it's very it's very macabre. Like it's one of those things where you think about it, like not in relation to the game. You're like, that's really weird. But in relation to the game, it makes a whole lot of sense because you are using those in order to to do other things with it. I mean, it's very interesting. If I don't harvest meat from the bodies, how am I supposed to make hamburgers? Whoa! Exactly. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. This just wow. took a turn. <laughs> wow! I am I am, turn. I am into this game now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. The game's awesome. It's it's silly. It's silly. It's very silly. So you harvest meat and then you try to sell it to the shop and the shop owner's like, "Hey, we had some people selling fishy meat a little while ago, so you need a permit before you can sell me that meat. So you have to figure out how to illegally get a permit so you can sell him human meat and pretend it's from animals." <laughs> and you're like, "I have pride. This isn't fishy meat. This is Jeff." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do not. No, this is high grade. There's a communist donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So that was Graveyard Keeper. And then what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? This week I played The Elder Scrolls V, also known as Skyrim, the 2011 open world role playing game made by Bethesda Game Studios. Harold as one of the greatest video games of all time. Been trying to get him to play ESO with me for like six months. No, won't pick up ESO, but you know. I've played ESO. Seven-year-old. Well, well, here's the good news, (laughs) is I have played ESO, but I could go back, just like I did with Skyrim. Oh, okay. See, I I, I waited in line day one to get Skyrim. Literally, like, they got a little package with the map and everything. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was broken for about a year. But when I did play it, y'all, I played that game wrong. I know you guys have all probably played Skyrim and whatnot, but I messed up because I let the immersion take me over when I first played that game. I'm talking 60 to 70 hours. I just went too far. I never took on a quest. I never did like a story quest. I, I just went out foraging, got food. 
was that the game where you had a, a like a family or something and you, you were bringing yep. them bread and yep. stuff? I oh, it's that game. I created wow. my own like story in my head and then played that out. I was a single dad with two adopted kids. I bought a house. Every day I would go out and just just get food and get money, come back, feed my kids, tell them to do the chores, go to the bar, get a drink, then go to sleep and do it again. He never, never left fighting White dragons. He 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 went to ne- the first house <laughs> in the first town and adopted the first homeless child and then that was just his whole game was like him first Furnishing a house and when, feeding an orphan. When I got when I got enough money to buy a house, I went from town to town, uh, like literally looking for a home. I wasn't there trying to solve their vampire problem or like <laughs> try to figure out what the political struggle is. I was like, oh, what's the weather like? Do you guys get dragons on a weekly basis, monthly basis? <laughs> Before I did you, I did you down. even get knocked into the stratosphere by by a troll, like in the first one? <laughs> I did, and it's great. Okay, good. Because so, yeah, you can't, you don't experience the game until that happens. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I had a good Skyrim experience, but the, the, the amount of immersion that I decided to put into it like overtook me, and it crippled me. I haven't touched yeah. the game since then. It's been 10 years, and I finally got back into it, and now I'm actually playing the game probably the way the developers originally meant you to. And guess what, guys? It's a pretty good game. <laughs> what? It's, no, it's no I didn't know that. It's, yeah. In 10 it's years. It's a pretty good game when you don't have those added like responsibilities of being like a single dad. <laughs> where you just can't like, worry like like whether you're going to make it back home to your kids or not. <laughs> Seriously though, that's why I stopped playing. It got too real, man. It got too real. He's I can't also- make these kids orphans again. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that kid who was my kid in the previous in the previous playthrough run up. Yeah. She's like, Oh so do you have a coin? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> I'm not going there again. I'm not going there. Uh, Troy's also playing it with commentary because per- periodically he'll turn around and go, like, what is what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, yep. okay, you see. And then I'll push up my nerd glasses. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Manda's like an expert in this field. So I feel like my character has like this side friend in, in their head who just <laughs> like tells them all the information. What? Oh, what's the, the backstory behind that race? Oh, and where are they from? What, what's that history like? Uh, yeah. It's, it's been addicting. I think that's the way the, the main thing that I've, I'm coming away from this uh, new playthrough is instead of being like, oh, I have so much to do in Skyrim today. I'm actively looking forward to adventuring more because the story's good. All the side stories are really good. Yeah. So I'll probably talk about it again. Skyrim. Damn. What a game. What a game. Damn. And I'm playing the yeah. special, edition, special edition on the PS5. Not for the PS5. Oh, okay, cool. This on the PS5. Not for on the PS5. On. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well at least you don't have to worry about spoilers you know like if you didn't catch them 10 years ago i mean hey it's too late <laughs> to be honest i don't i don't know anything about the game it, somehow yeah that's it's great awesome. <laughs> all right so that was elder scrolls skyrim so that'll do it for our games that brings us to our news segments news 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 and this week we're going to start off with Microsoft has now officially acquired Bethesda and ZeniMax and all that jazz. And with it, they announced that 20 of Bethesda's games are actually going to be coming to Game Pass this week. Uh, these games mm-hmm. include both of the Dishonoreds, a bunch of the Dooms, okay, okay. as well as a handful of Fallouts and Elder Scrolls, including Skyrim there, Troy. Oh, <laughs> nice. Why'd I pay for it like a sucker? <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> you don't have Game Pass? Oh, right. That, that's why. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> when we're talking about all the dooms, are they like going back to like the old PC dooms as well? Yes, I believe it was. Uh, from the picture I saw, it looked like it was Doom 1, 2, and 3, oh, as well as the new Doom and Eternal. That's impressive. Wow. I applaud Xbox and the Game Pass for keeping this industry competitive <laughs> oh yeah that's a great deal absolutely uh and then with it they also announced that uh some future bethesda games are going to be pc and xbox exclusive i mean which should really come as no surprise but i mean that's why they bought them I'm not going to buy them you know just to be like oh yeah no every- yeah. everything yeah. yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah so wait does that so, mean yeah. the new elder scrolls is going to be microsoft and xbox exclusive as far as I know, they're not including that new the new Elder Scrolls because I think there was already pre existing contracts in place mm, possibly. Got it. Um, but I do believe with they they haven't mentioned specific games, but they're just saying, hey, listen, just don't be concerned. You know, we're going to be doing this, guys. Just gotcha. it's, it's not going to blindside you. And then also the Roblox Corporation, aka the makers of Roblox, shock, I know. They went public earlier this week on the New York Stock Exchange. Really? Uh, and the shares immediately went to roughly $70 a share, Damn. which had a valuation of $45 billion, with a B, dollars. Now Roblox to Roblox. the moon, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're riding that GameStop wave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually valued more than EA, Take-Two, and Ubisoft. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm like kind of yeah. already like iffy on what even roblox is i don't think i is that a i did it play that game is it a soft like what is it's what like is a roblox? minecraft it's not, yeah. it's basically a kind of a, a type of minecraft yeah it's like okay. minecraft but you row the blocks oh we'll yeah. see there we go yeah all clear now all clear row 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 your blocks <laughs> gently down the stream uh, <laughs> uh who knows be. where it's going to end up once the dust clears but man what a day one guys that's crazy yeah that's pretty great congratulations hope it keeps up yeah, as of no, closing today, they're at seventy four dollars per share. Jeez, it oh. went up even more. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Oh, uh, good and, for them. Yeah, and then Illinois is trying to play the same tune again, right, Manda? Yeah, if you haven't heard yet, uh, Illinois is trying to ban violent video games. And this is something they tried to do, uh, I think, 16 years ago. Um, they actually yeah. signed a bill into law that would have prohibited the sale of violent video games to children. But retailers and gaming companies took the bill to the district court where judges overturned it on the grounds of freedom of speech. Now that they're arguing that video games have evolved since that time and they're trying to do the same thing. They define, and this is the, the part I found fun, they define a violent video games as games where a player controls a character who is encouraged to participate in human on human human violence in which a character kills or otherwise seriously causes injury or psychological harm to another human being or animal, which is, um, I think, every video game. Yep. Every Even Tetris. <laughs> yeah, just... I know what the truth is behind those blocks. <laughs> I know especially real... with the psychological aspect, if you just have to go online with voice chat, you're screwed. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Just don't go on the internet at all. Yeah. You know the saying that the only way for two people to keep a secret is, is if one of them is dead? I think the only way for there to be no violence in video games is for it to be a like single-player walking simulator. <laughs> yeah. <I> th- <laughs> Journey. And even then, you can push yeah. people into oncoming traffic like out of your way. <laughs> when you're walking <laughs> well what do they what do they define as violence like if i'm playing animal crossing and i just want to go ahead and take my axe and like swing it at one of my villagers because i want him to move is that violence D- joking aside no i think that they're they're trying to ban things like uh the poster children for this 
the Mortal Kombat's yeah. and the Call of Last Duty of and the um, yeah, the Grand Theft Auto. It's just the it's just the the boogeyman again. That's yeah. what they're trying yeah, yeah. to do. It's just trying to do the same again. It's the same song they tried, you know, thirty years ago. Same thing they tried again twenty years ago. And, you know, it just happened to come around again. And yeah. and it is and it is important to note that despite the fact that most of the headlines say that they're trying to ban violent video games, it, um, what I saw is that they're trying to prevent children from being able to purchase violent video games. Not that they wouldn't mm-hmm. exist. All right, that, 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 yeah. that's Which, a difference. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, most companies already kind of do that on their own with their own policies, which they implemented when they first tried to, when they first tried to do this, what twenty years ago or whatever. Right, so. right, right. I think we'll it's the difference it between a recommendation that people shouldn't buy this and actually preventing people from buying or selling it. Mm. Exactly. I think like it's cigarettes. kind of like a movie tickets. It's it's the same kind of because I think the rating system is like that for some of them. I, I do think they're yeah. not allowed to sell them to minors, but if the parent shows up and is like, I want to buy my kid GTA five, you know, here you go, little Jimmy. You know, right. and, and someone behind the counter is like, if this is for them, I, I can't sell it to you. That's yeah. that's some like next level like yeah. you know, if if it's giving them that kind of power. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Okay. And then Reports from Japan came in this week that Capcom made employees work in the office despite states of emergency being declared in Osaka. Boo. Yeah, the company says that they did this because of previous hacks the company had suffered, and they didn't want to open themselves up to further hacks by opening their network for employees to work from home. Uh, So Uh, our security was bad, so we put our employees' health at risk because we don't have an appropriate intranet? Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those like I can see where they're coming from, but it's this is like nah. <laughs> Everyone who works from home and works with technology has that problem. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Uh, the company also stated that they're that they staggered working hours and that they check employees' temperature before entering. You know, they're trying to do all these different things. You know, everybody's still trying to keep as separate as possible. But I mean, hey, come on. This is this is a state of emergency from the actual government. The government told you, hey, either have all of your employees work from home or limit the employees that are coming in. And they and didn't do either. Wh- one when those. did this happen? This was around March or April last year. Well, Japan figuring- itself has had several states of emergencies. Okay. So this has been through all of them. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, a good part of Japan is back in lockdown now. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. I think, guys, uh, the Tokyo and the surrounding areas are back in lockdown. I, I feel bad for the um, employees who like don't have a choice in this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and they're and the thing is, is that other companies have also done this. I mean, other companies sure. did the right thing. Uh, companies such as Nintendo, Sony, Square Enix have all allowed employees to work from home, and even with some of their positions becoming permanently work at home because they're just like, hey, this is a better work-life balance. You can work from home now. Mm-hmm. So it's if those big companies can do it, Capcom should be able to do it as well. It, it's just it's just bad all around. And then finally, a Miami Heat player has been dropped by sponsors and suspended by the team because of a stream he did. Why? What, what stream did he do, you might ask? Well, while he was playing Call of Duty Warzone, Myers Leonard got sniped by another player and shouted an anti-Semitic slur followed by a profanity. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, no. It, it's, it's, it, it was terrible. I, I got to see it as it was breaking, and I was like, this isn't good. Like, no. if anything, if anything, number one, it's not like a, a regular, like, offensive no. word. It's one of those, like, deep cut, like, offensive Why words that, that you can tell that mouth. this dude's been using it for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's yeah. something he said before, and then it was way too casual. Just went to yeah. It. <laughs> and then, uh, and, like, at the end of the day, though, like, I, I think one of the things that really 
you know, like made me the angriest out of the lashback to this was the people on Twitter defending him saying that anything goes in the Call of Duty lobby. And I'm like, guys, it doesn't, though. <laughs> like, it really doesn't. You are a part of the problem at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That means that you have said this at some point. Congratulations for outing yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and especially on stream. It's not like it's just the Call of Duty lobby. It's on the internet. No. It's, it's and he's a public figure. Viewable yeah. as a public me figure. Heat player, you know? <laughs> Hopefully the, the accountability that they will hold him to because of this will send a message. Yeah, and also the exactly. idea that the Call of Duty environment is a toxic and people hate it. And then instead of being like, oh, but we should fix that. It's just like, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> We're just going to. We're just gonna let it be. We're just gonna let people be terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. It's not good. But you know, hey, at least uh, this, the, everybody involved besides him did the right thing and dropped him. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. So that will do it for our news. However, we want to give a special Lewis shout out. Hey, buddy. Hey, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. How you doing? Hey, we, know, how are you? About you? Hey, Lewis. It's been How's a it few going? Podcasts. I know you're you're busy yeah. working, making your dreams come true. We just want you to know that we're here for you. Which is, it's really sad to see your chair empty after all these days. Yeah, we miss you, man. I, I, what have you been up to? You, you all right? You doing good? Yeah, you doing good, buddy? Watching <laughs> good TV shows? Let us know. Yeah. Did you, fin- the chat did you finally get we to WandaVision? You. How about The Mandalorian? <laughs> probably not. You- no, probably not. <laughs> Lewis is not a, not a, not a, a, he's like a lukewarm fan of the, of the MCU. He'll, he'll watch it when he watches it. Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. Exactly. Lewis. Lewis. Lewis, tell Fish we said hi. <gasps> fish. Oh, your, your roommate. We do miss Fish as well. Fish the puppet. It's great. <laughs> oh, my. All right. So now it brings us to our convoluted gaming lore. Convoluted gaming lore. <laughs> <laughs> explosion sound. Explosion. In two minutes. Confused explosion sound. <laughs> Yeah, the explosion sounds is us trying to fit that in to the mighty Morsel Tasty topic theme. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing convoluted gaming lore this week in two minutes, right, Troy? That's right. And uh, the title pretty much explains itself. There are games that have such a convoluted, long story that to try to explain them would be asinine. So instead, we decide <laughs> to do it anyway, but in two minutes. <laughs> To save you the and time. And even less time. <laughs> and um, we we're, we have some rules. Like, it is literally two minutes. What will happen is one of us will be given a go, and they'll have exactly two minutes to explain the lore of a convoluted game. Ooh. How many um, minutes is it? Two. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to pick um, Joe to go first. All right, Ooh. Joe. Joe. Sounds good to me. I am going to put two minutes on the clock. And I will start it as soon as you start speaking. Wait, do we, game do we get to know what, what game Joe's going to be yeah. trying to explain to us before the two minutes? Yeah, she's going to say her game and then the two minutes start. All right, sounds good. Say the name and then I'll start. I will be telling you guys the convoluted game lore of Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Boom. Our story starts on Onset Island, in a world known as the Great Sea. There is ocean everywhere. It starts with a history lesson from many, many eons ago. A boy in a green tunic stops an evil pig man from destroying the world. The three goddesses try to help him, and when they can't help him, they flooded the world. Now we're back into modern day. It's your birthday! Your grandma gives you a gift. It's a green tunic. Hmm, interesting. Your sister gives you a telescope. You look across the horizon and you see a giant 
bird holding a girl. They're headed towards your island. You hear cannon fire. Pirates are chasing this bird. They hit the bird. The bird, the girl drops from his arms. You run to the forest. You try to help save the girl. You save her. Hooray! But in the process of saving her, the big bird grabs your sister and runs off with her. You find out that the leader of the pirates' name is Tetra. She's the girl that you saved. And she takes you to the Forbidden Forest to help save your sister, but the giant bird stops you, throws you halfway across the sea. You wake up on a tiny island, clearly with a concussion because there's a red ship talking to you. The name of the ship is the King of Red Lions. He sees that you're dressed as a hero, so he decides you're going to go on a quest with him. He gives you the Wind Waker, and he tells you the quest to get to the Master Sword. The Master Sword is super important for killing the evil pigmen later. The way you get the Master Sword is you get these three goddess pearls. Din's Pearl, Fierro's Pearl, and Nero's Pearl. You go to Dragon Roost Island, you meet the Rito, you find you, you kill a fat dragon named Valu, and you get the pearl. You go to Fierro's, you go to you go to Forest Haven, you meet the Quarks, you meet Makar, you save the giant Deku tree from slimes, it's gross. And then you go to Naro's to get Naro's Pearl and you find out the island's crashed, it's blown up, you gotta go back to your original island onset, you d- defeat about a fifty layer dungeon, and you get the pearl, the power of the Tower of the Gods raises from the sky, and you you float over there with the King of Red Lions. You end up in Hyrule. It's stopped in time. Everything's black and white. You see the Master Sword. You run over to it. The King of Red Lions tells you he used to be the King of Hyrule. You happen to be the hero of time. And Tetra, the pirate girl, is the one who's actually the reincarnated soul of Princess Zelda. You grab the Master Sword. Everything comes back into life. Everything's in color. You meet Tingle. <laughs> Tingle helps you find all the pieces of the Triforce. And then you get them all together. The Master Sword starts to glow. And you stab Ganon in the head with it. And you kill him. The end. Boom! Nice. Less than two minutes. Oh my gosh! What? So well done. I messed up a bunch. I'm sorry about that. This is such a fun this, game. <laughs> it is such it's a the, fun. It's the best game. worst game. It's it's the fun game until it's your turn. Yeah, and then it's your yeah. turn. And you're like, oh no. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no! I picked this game and I was like, everybody usually does really cool, like awesome looking, gritty ones where there's like all oh, this great stuff. I normally pick things like Kirby and like goofy looking dumb crap. <laughs> And I was like, Wind Waker, this is my jam. And then I forgot how much happens in that game. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Well, Brian, I hope you don't uh, regret it because you're next, bud. Oh, oh, am I? Yes, okay. you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ready when you are. Okay. So the game I'm going to be talking about is Control. So at the very beginning, uh, your character, Jesse Fadden, uh, shows up to a what it just looks like a normal office building. You're like, hey, listen, I'm here for my brother. I, you know, I have, a, I have a meeting with them, but nobody's there. Nobody's inside the front office. So 17 years ago, um, you and your brother, Dylan, are, are in your town of Ordinary, Wisconsin. And in Ordinary, Wisconsin, you happen to find a slide projector. And what you don't realize is this slide projector happens to be an object of power. And what, ob- what is an object of power, you may, you may ask? It is an object that is tied to the astral plane. Yeah, that's just what it is. So you guys turn on this slide projector, and then all of the adults in your town disappear. And so you're like, uh-oh. Uh, a whole bunch of shenanigans happens. Uh, you're, you guys end up um, getting a telepathic being uh, that, co- that talks to you, uh, whose name is Polaris. And she helps you guys out. And then uh, the government descends on you, uh, kidnaps your brother, takes the slide projector, and you happen to hide, thanks to Polaris, and you're good. All right, fast forward 17 years now. You show up and you're like, hey, listen, I'm here for my brother. And where you're at is the Federal Bureau of Control. Uh, You're inside the place called the Oldest House, which is a place that the board controls. Uh, The board being the beings who are in charge of the astral plane. And so while you're there, you're like, all right, cool. I need to I need to find him. But nobody's there. So you start walking around. You you encounter a janitor. You're like, all right, that's weird. He's just singing in Russian. It's really awkward. Uh, you find out upon a dead body who happens to be 
the old director. And so you pick up his gun and you get teleported to the astral plane because what you don't realize is the gun is a object of power. And so when you get teleported there, you go through all these tests and he's like, all right, cool. You guys are now the director. Uh, you have control of the gun. That's who the director of the Federal Bureau of Control is. So long story short, uh, you go through a trippy infinite maze. You turn off the projector. You rescue your brother and you save the day. Time. Yay. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> About a minute and 40 of that was all the events before the game actually starts. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's most of my games that I do in convoluted game history. I do the entire beforehand. I'm like, uh oh. All right, so then you get the gun, you save the girl, you get the day, you whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hassel, you ready, my bud? Oh boy. <laughs> ready when you okay. are. All right. I think it's even more difficult that I'm doing a game that I haven't even finished yet. Perfect. So I'm try to explain it. This is going to be fantastic. Today, I'm going to try to tell you about the game lore of Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding. So Death Stranding, you start off as a freelance, essentially Amazon Prime post-apocalyptic <clears throat> delivery driver named Sam Porter Bridges, a.k.a. Norman Reedus. Now, your job <laughs> is to deliver things that is going to go ahead and connect these apocalyptic cities across the United States the, it's supposed to be called the UCA, which is the United Cities of America. What happened to make it post-apocalyptic? A whole bunch of bombs, you know, went off, and it made everything really weird. Here's the weird part, though. Attached to you is a small baby. It's a fetus inside of like a, a inside of like a, a bottle of soda. It's super weird. But what you have to do is you have to carry around this fetus, and this fetus can never be disconnected to you unless you're in a safe spot. Now, these are called bridge babies. Now, what a bridge baby is, they're also known as a BB. It is an unborn fetus that has been taken from a still mother to be used as equipment by your own Amazon-like delivery company. This is super weird. Basically, it protects you because there's something called the beach. Now, what is the beach? The beach is like the in-between death and the living. It's a place where all of dead things go. And these babies, since they're technically not born, yet they're not dead, they can protect you from this. And they have to be connected to you at all times. Now, what are they connect what are they protecting you from? They're protecting you from something called time fall. Now, <laughs> follow me here. Time fall is a kind of rain. But this rain rapidly ages you. And Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and fast forward. You get to meet Mads, Milkes, Mads Mikkelsen. You get to meet Guillermo del Toro. You make it all the way f to the West Coast. And you, you get to unite the cities of America. And I'm sure Hideo Kojima is somewhere around there. I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> uh, Yay. This game is all about the last 15 seconds. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> this, this convoluted uh, game lore game. Thank you, Hassel. Oh I, I learned so much. Okay, <laughs> I did know, too. Thank you. I, I guess I was going to, to say we should have prefaced this by saying, hey, watch out for spoilers. But I honestly don't know like, if any of this it would be, even be comprehensible to, to, to be a spoiler. I can guarantee yeah. you, you can still play Death Stranding and find out a whole lot more. No or find out nothing new, to be way, honest Or with way you. less. 
You can find oh, out wait, way what? less from playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Asel. No problem. Mandolin, yes. you are up next. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to be talking about a game that I have finished, but I did finish a little while ago. And to add an extra spice to this, I wrote this mostly from memory. Yes. Uh, so some of this nice. is fun. Uh, I will be talking about the main story of Elder Scrolls Online. Okay, so you start off uh, with the game and you're already dead. You don't really know how you die, but like it doesn't matter because you don't have a soul anymore and you're kind of mad about it. You don't really want to be dead, but Molag Bog, one of the Daedric Princes, has stolen your soul and he's not really on board with giving it back to you because he's just basically a jerk. Also, he's going to destroy the world or something I don't really remember, but there was an old adventuring party that failed to do something and I wasn't really listening because the only important thing is that John Cleese was in this game and he was basically Don Quixote and I had to find out where he was. So that was awesome. So John Cleese as Don Quixote helps you break out of Cold Harbor, which is basically the underworld. When you're on the overworld, you have to go find this guy. They call him the prophet, but we're going to call him Mr. Questgiver. Um, he tells you to go find Luris, which is a warrior who's trapped in Cold Harbor. You go back to Cold Harbor, you do a mission, and then they basically explains like the warrior's backstory. You free her, um, and then you go on this murder fetch quest, so you have to kill these two guys for information for a different quest, but you can't really do that quest yet. So you have to go on like a random adventure. It doesn't really matter what you do. You basically have to level up a bunch. So you come back, and then you have to free uh, this wizard character from Cold Harbor. His name is Thrawn. Um, but while you're there, this other wizard guy named Manamarco, who's totally not evil, shows up. And like you find out that he's a party member who stole the good loot and basically started the apocalypse. So you fight them both, and then you learn about Thrawn's backstory, and then you free him, and then you go back. And then Thrawn's like, hey, we, we, you've only found two of our three friends, so you have to go find Sign. Sai Sahan, the monk character. So you go back to Cold Harbor for the fourth time, uh, which is again the underworld, which is apparently not as difficult to break out as you, you would think. Uh, and you fight a doppelganger version of the monk. Uh, and you, then you learn the monk's main backstory. And then you free him from Cold Harbor. So you can go on a quest to find a ring to unlock an amulet so that you can get into a vault. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, you run into a warlock dude, uh, that, the bite guy, and then you win, and then you break into the vault, and you have, like, a Wizard of Oz moment with your friends, and then you beat up a god with godlike powers, and you take back your soul. Coming in under nice. time. Wow. Nice. Nicely done. So, is the Wizard of Oz moment where you land on someone with your house? No. Is, it was, is that the Wizard of Oz moment? You have, like, your <laughs> friends standing around you, and you have the I love you most of all scarecrow moment. <laughs> <laughs> ah, got it. Remember all the fun times we've had? I didn't even know Elder Scrolls Online had a story. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's oh, all goodness. of it. Yeah. You know what? Unlike <laughs> the other ones, I think I really explained it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Well, thank you, Mandy, yeah. for that. Yeah, I, I followed along. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're ready to not follow along, you're ready for mine. All right. So I will be uh, giving you the convoluted game lore of Final Fantasy X. Boom. The camera pans out. Titus is there. He's like this kid who looks like a teenager and has like pants but shorts at the same time. Flashback. He's looking at a... It's him now standing or getting ready to go into a game of Blitzball, which is like underwater uh, Quidditch. And uh, while he's playing this game, this huge thing called Sin, this like monster destroys Blitzball and the town and everything is destroyed. And he's like, ah, this is horrible. All right. 
And then he like passes out and he wakes up and this girl named Riku's like, oh, you look like you're tired. Oh no, you've just been dead for like a thousand years. That's right, a thousand years have passed. And Titus is like, that sucks. And then they get attacked again by, I don't know, maybe Sin. I don't know, I haven't played this game in 20 years. <laughs> so you wake up on an island and there's like three bros on there. There's Waka, who like also plays Bitsball. He's a bro. And then there's Ransu, who's this like big blue bro. And then there's a sorceress. I think her name is Roka, Rila, I don't know, Lulu, Lulu. Okay. And then there's Yuna, the love of your life. Yuna is a summoner. A summoner is someone who uh, has to, who helps people get from the the place of the dead to the other place. That's not that's like like heaven or whatever. And she also is in charge of like collecting the final aeon. The final aeon is a thing that is supposed to stop sin, that big monster from destroying the world. So you go on a huge journey to like try and help her collect all these powerful deities to get to the final aeon. And on the way, she finds this super rich dude who's like, I want to marry you. And she's like, nah. And then you kill him. But then he's like, I'm you, you're the summoner and you can't, I'm not going to let you send me to the afterlife. So he comes back again and he's like, let's get married for real. She's like, nah. And we kill him again. And then he's like, I'll see you later. Finally, you get to the very end of the game right and 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 you find out that sin the original monster is really uh part is really this thing where where she has to kill herself in order to save the world and then kill her best friend in order to let to let them become sin but she doesn't want the cycle to continue so instead she decides to to destroy the cult that's inside of it but then titus's father's inside it and then imprison him and then they unprison him and then it turns out that titus is a dream and he's never been alive and he fades away into the white time boom Dang. I think I, I think that was hundred percent. That was everything. I did not I, I, understand I, any of that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know? It's really funny. As someone who has played the game very a lot, it was actually surprisingly understandable. Yeah. Like that was. <laughs> but that's only because I played the game. If I didn't, like Hassel, I'd be like, "Huh? Yeah. Aeons? What? 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 <laughs> Having the realization? What's Blitzball." That you know, yeah, I don't have what? enough time to explain that. That would take longer than two minutes to try to explain. Underwater Quidditch is actually a pretty damn good explanation of it. As soon as you said underwater underwater Quidditch, I was like, oh my god, it is. It's just that. That is that. It's just That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, y'all, this was great. All round of applause, uh, finger snaps to all all five Ooh, of us. Complete game lore. We love us some game story, and damn it, uh, do we love talking about it at a very quick pace, incomprehensible yeah. pace. <laughs> Uh, that's it for convoluted game lore. Back to you, Brian, for the rest of this podcast. All right. So now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Adieu, 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 adieu. It's the Dragon of the Week. So don't you freak. It's the Dragon of the Week. And it's real neat. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week is our chance to look behind the scenes at industry professionals and companies and just try to find out more about the people who make the games that we love to play. This month is super special because we are celebrating Women's History Month for all of March. And so Brian has a very special woman that he's going to share with us today. Why don't you tell us about her? That's right. I'm going to be talking about Bonnie Ross, who is the corporate vice president at Xbox Game Studios and head of 343 Industries successful damn oh hell yeah (laughs) so bonnie ross grew up loving basketball and because of this her first video game that she ever played was one of those crappy handheld basketball games that mattel made like back in the 70s (laughs) you know those ones they're terrible but she really enjoyed science fiction at this time both watching shows and reading books 
So while she is in high school, she's playing basketball as well as volleyball and being really good at it. Uh, so much so that she actually got athletic scholarships to colleges because of this. Mm. But her dad persuaded her to go and get her degree in something useful. <laughs> oh, damn. I've Ouch. had that conversation yeah. before. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, he... The reason why he said that was because he himself was an engineer and had encouraged her to take math and science classes in high school, which uh, paid off because she also decided to pursue an engineering degree while in college. That's good. Uh, she ended up going, yeah, she ended up going to Colorado State University uh, to be close at home. And while there, she realized that she was the only woman in the engine- engineering major field. She was just like, oh. Oh, it's just, just me. Because this is the 80s, guys. This ah, is like 80s. mid to late 80s. She's the only one. So she was uh, ha- actually having trouble seeing the job that she could get after college with an engineering degree. Uh, since there was like no exact end game that she could see herself in. Uh, she actually said, if you become a doctor, you know you're going to end up with a stethoscope around your neck. Mm. In engineering, you don't always see how to apply. It's not an obvious end game. Mm-hmm. So she was like looking at it, she's like, I don't really know. So she ended up changing her major to technical writing. And this proved advantageous because she got a summer internship at IBM. And uh, because of her engineering background, she excelled in the internship and actually got extended to a two-year internship. And that's IBM in the 80s. That's like the, yeah. like the Apple of today. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, that's that's funny because I'll mention that a little bit later. Uh, but in so in 1989, she actually graduated with a degree in technical communication with a concentration in physics and computer science. So she applied to a whole bunch of companies, including Apple and Microsoft, uh, with Microsoft actually being the one to hire her. She actually didn't even hear back from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she was doing well there but you know as we humans go making technical manuals isn't the most exciting thing to do in the world Uh, so she was able to talk her way into a team working on a computer game at the time and uh, one of the reasons she was actually able to do that was because the game that they were working on was a basketball game and you know she had ample experience in that and so she actually never planned on staying in the position Uh, she actually just needed a little break from writing manuals But she says, after I was there for my first year, it kind of clicked that gaming is technology empowering art. Oh, I love that. And I think for me, it finally put together two pieces of a puzzle. And that's why I was in technology. So for me, it was this amazing light bulb that went off in my head. A light bulb just went off in my head. That's a great yeah, way to, to put it. Technology meets great way art. To put is it. that what, what it was? And technology empowering yes. art. I got chills. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's why I was like, I got to quote this because this is like amazing. <laughs> so she actually stayed in the gaming division and was part of the team that put out Fusion Frenzy, that made up sports mini game filled with, you know, all oh. the launch, you know, all those games. Yeah. And it was actually a launch title for the original Xbox. I think I bought a Kinect to play that game. <laughs> right. The, the one of the best Xbox games, maybe even the best. Steven Spielberg's favorite yeah. game. Future it Frenzy is. is amazing. It is. That was one of my favorite games of the original Xbox era. It's it's it was it was really fun, especially because it was kind of like a Mario Party, but it was Xbox's version of Mario Party. But with people who look like they're dressed to go to a rave. <laughs> yep. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> So uh, she would actually go on to manage a bunch of other teams and games until 2007 when Bungie, creators and makers of Halo, decided to leave Microsoft. Peace. Yeah, so she went to the heads of the gaming division and was like, hey, I want to take this over. Um, And Ross's colleagues were like, yo, this is a sinking ship. 
we're like going to put out one or two more Halo games and end the franchise. What are you doing? Why do you want to take this over? Uh, but she was tenacious, and Microsoft agreed to letting her take it over. Uh, and she went to talk to an outgoing Bungie employee, Frank O'Connor, to help with the transition. So Frank was like, "All right, let me go, and I'll you know I'll meet with you. You know, this is what I'm going to do." But he was expecting like some suit that knew nothing about the franchise. But what he got instead was Bonnie, who had read all the novels, played all of the games, and was like super jazzed about everything going forward with the Halo franchise. Yeah, that's awesome. And she impressed him so much. Uh, that he actually quit Bungie and went back to Microsoft to join her. What? Yeah. Wow. And together they formed 343 Industries, which is the internal Microsoft company that oversees everything Halo. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's how inspiring she is. You're like, man, I'm tired of Microsoft. I'm going to leave. Wait, you're doing this now? Oh, I'm back. (laughs) I'm still stuck on her reading all of the Halo novels. You know how many books that is? Yeah. Yeah. I know at the I know there's at least 20 of them right now. 12 yeah. of them are have been bestsellers. New York Times bestsellers, 12 of them. <laughs> I know she probably worked it into like a sentence. She's like, "Oh, that's just like when Markanoff in book 3, chapter 4 was like, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? You know what I mean?" And he's like, yeah. "Oh my gosh." <laughs> yeah. I'm going back. I'm going back right now. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so they go and they put out Halo 4 and 5 and Bonnie would go on and be only the second female inductee into the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame in 2019. Wow. Uh, she is a big proponent of getting females into STEM and other fields and encourages parents to play games with their children to connect with them. And I'd really like to end this on a quote of hers. She says, I'm really proud of how much chance we've had in the last five years as an industry. We have a ton more work to do, but you're seeing more diverse characters. You're seeing more diversity on stages like E3 and presentations. You're seeing different stories or stories with different perspectives that you wouldn't see before. I think it's a really great time for new people coming into the industry. And, you know, what's changing and creating a more diverse palette of experiences. I'm really proud of how far we've gotten. And also, like, we have a ton more work to do. But it feels like a really good time for people and women to be in the industry. And she couldn't be more correct. I'm seeing so many games nowadays that are just out there bonkers, like different perspectives that I never would have gotten even 10 years ago, five years ago. It's crazy. Hell yeah. Um, So yeah, my hats are off to you, Bonnie Ross. Keep encouraging people to get into industry and, uh, and making waves. Awesome. And that's my dragon of the week. Dragon Dragon of the week. week. Snap, 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 snap. Clapping sounds at insert here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, though, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Bum, 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 but you can always find us online. If you are listening to this podcast and you have any questions, comments, or sandwich suggestions, head over to our Instagram page at Taste of Dragons and tell us all of your thoughts. And don't forget to follow us there. If you're looking to get involved and learn more about the amazing indie game community, that's where we can check out our Twitter where we have a close, nice, cool dynamic with a lot of indie developers at Taste of Dragons on Twitter. For more information on Twitch, make sure to check us out at twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. We stream six days a week, and we stream all types of games, from AAA titles to indie games. We also have a special little end segment here dedicated to our favorite comment from last week's Week in Streaming. Joe, do you have this comment of the week, or dare I say the beeb of the week? Oh, oh, I have a beeb of the week for you guys. So... 
this I'm just gonna say this one I have no idea what the context was I was only able to watch this week for friend zone but I want to thank the 3000 brigade for this gem beeb of the week <laughs> we fit trainer is not allowed to live with me I don't need that judgment in my life snaps to that snaps to snap, that snap, snap, snap. snaps to that snaps. and honestly snap sounds to that who needs that kind of judgment no one Mm-mm. does nobody no Mm-mm. No. Nobody needs that because you know the judgment won't be overt. It's not like they're gonna they're not gonna say anything. They're just gonna like look at you with like kind of an expressionless look. But you know what they're thinking. You know what they're mm-hmm. thinking. There might be an occasional, huh? <laughs> 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 or they look at you and then look away. <gasps> and I know what that yeah. look away means. Ooh, huh. ooh, cuts you to the bone. It does. Awesome. It's like being told to go back to the lobby. <laughs> just like being told to go back to the training lobby. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Joe, for our comment of the week, our honorary gem beeb of the week. That's it. That's us. Back to you, Brian. What do you have to? Uh, 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 yeah, we have to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. My name is Hussell. And I'm Joe. And we are the, the Taste, Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. I will. I'm going back to Skyrim. I literally am addicted. I'm going back to the train. They should combine Rocket League and Skyrim. <laughs> Just roll around in a car. Dragons, dragons with jets. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast. A podcast for everyone's day.